we often gauge the Spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord based on what we feel or don't feel. It's a very dangerous thing because feelings can deceive us. And so we, we come to, the Bible says, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so we must come to learn to identify His presence and be aware of His presence. It's very critical. I'll tell you a really weird story uh, just to accentuate that point, if you will. I was, it's been a few years ago. Um, it was just before I turned 30, so you can do math. And um, so a little over 20 years ago, and I worked at a I worked at a bank inside of a grocery store at the time in Tacoma, and um, I uh, I told the people at work I said you know this is going to sound weird to you all probably because I have an older sister who's 18 months older uh, that lives in Missouri. And I told the people at the bank, I said, this is sound weird, but I said, it feels like my sister is in town. And they were like, yep, you're right. It does sound weird. I was like, I know, I just can't. It just feels like my sister's in town. Well, lo and behold, she was. She had flown in and was in town for a surprise birthday party for my 30th birthday. And... Uh, I can't explain all that. I don't, I'm not getting all off into all that stuff about. So don't, don't think, oh, my goodness, he's out there. I just can just tell you what happened to me in that moment. I don't go around seeking that, like trying to, oh, let me see. if It's dangerous. You start in, entertaining junk like that. But I just knew. I knew. I said, that's just how it felt to me. And uh, I really believe the Lord allowed me to feel that. Because he never stopped dealing with me about how even though I really had no knowledge that she would be or was in town, that there was just something that I was attuned to. You know, we are knit together by the Spirit of God. The body of Christ is knit together by the Spirit of God. If we are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then it is His Spirit in us that unites us, that makes us the body. It's not the fact that we gather at a unified location. It's not a fact that that's not what makes us a unified body. It's the indwelling Spirit of God that births us into the body of Christ. Does that make sense? And so... I attribute my awareness of my sister being in town some 22 years ago not to the fact that she was my sister. I attribute it more to the fact that her and I are both filled with the Spirit of God. and we have, I attribute it more to that than I do that we're blood relatives. Does that make sense? I don't go around trying to figure out who is or isn't in town based on the Spirit of the Lord. But how much more should we be aware of His presence? 
and sensitive to his spirit. And the spirit of the Lord is here this morning in a distinct way, and I'm thankful for that. I, uh, I can't believe I'm going to use this reference. You just have to forgive me if it's offensive to you or if you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe. My wife will probably have something to say to me about it later. How many of you have ever seen? <laughs> I can't wait till I ever do this. <laughs> How many of you have ever seen The Karate Kid? I don't mean like something they remade a couple years ago. I, I'm talking about like way back in the day. Right, you know. <laughs> Just brought your eye back, didn't it? Or scared you half to death. Right, anybody remember that? Mr. Miyagi. Right, remember? And what was the kid's name? Daniel, right? So you have seen it. Okay. So that one, Daniel's son. Right. I heard Sister Sally. That. Bear with me just a minute. Remember that? If, if, you haven't se- if you haven't seen that, I'm not telling you you need to run home and watch it or nothing like that. I just, I'm sorry. I, was, I felt like the Lord was dealing with me over here, and I was trying to think, like, man, how do I relate that? And I'm thinking about relating it, and that goofy movie came into my mind just... As silly as that is, and so as silly as it is, because you know how I feel about Hollywood. But here we are. But do you remember what? Do you remember what Daniel's problem was? Anybody remember what his problem was? What was the problem he had? He was getting beat up. Thank you. Oh, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Right, he moved to somewhere different. I can't remember where he left, but they ended up in California, I think, or they left California and went. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. But then he was getting beat up, right? And so he decided, I need to learn how to. I need to learn how to defend myself. Right? And then, of course, time and chance, he meets Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Remember how excited he was about getting trained to fight? You remember that? And he went to Mr. Miyagi's house. I maybe get, don't quote me on it. Remember he went and Mr. Miyagi started to teach him how to fight, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. What was it? What's that? Paint the fence. Anybody remember? Wax on, wax off. Yeah, I can't believe we're having this conversation. And neither can any of you. You're like, you're like, oh my goodness, Elder has lost it. I hope we're not recording this, right? Like, oh, this is what church has become now. We're walking through. Remember that, right? We've talked about it, a lot, right? Those, those are like the, probably the most famous lines from the movie: "Wax on, wax off," right? The fence, and then the deck, and then the cars. And remember how upset he got at one point. Teach me how to fight. All you got me doing is all your chores. Remember? I'm paraphrasing. Remember that? Painted your fence. I've waxed all your cars. I've done all this stuff. And I can't, I, all I'm doing is I'm just your little workhorse. And of course, it was then that he said he started giving him a lesson and showed him how all the things he'd had him doing, he was preparing him. He just couldn't see it. 
like I said, the Lord was dealing with me over here, and this was the example that came to my mind. I can't believe still that we're having this conversation. But this is what the Lord was dealing with me about. There are some of you, maybe many of you, maybe all of us, who we come to the Lord in some capacity, way, or degree. We're all, we all come in different ways with different... And we have in our mind an idea. We come to God, this is what I want. This is why I came. This is what I need. This is the answer I'm looking for. And if you'll give me a little liberty this morning, God says, okay, come here, here's a fence. I want you to start painting. God says, okay, now here's some cars. I want you to, I, I, you understand what I'm saying. God starts taking our life through these things, and we're like, what in the world? I'm trying to live for God, and he, He's got me doing this, and I'm doing that, and what in the world? God knows what He's doing. And what I think I need and what He knows I need are two very different things. And the sooner I come to the realization that God knows what I need and I'll trust Him to work in my life according to His wisdom rather than my selfish interests, God can begin to do the miraculous. Joseph thought he needed to go back to Canaan where his family was. God knew he needed Joseph in that prison so that he could promote him as prime minister and rescue all of his family from famine. See, what Joseph thought he needed and what God knew he needed Joseph for were two different things. What you think you need and what God knows you and I need are usually two different things. But God knows what I need. I said it already, but I'll say it again. The scripture declares that God knows what we have need of before we even ask him. He knows. And sometimes the only reason God's not able to work in my life or yours the way he wants to is I can't get my eyes off of my own need and get them on him. On him. If you and I can set our affections on him. Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. What happens is we get that out of priority and God in his infinite love and mercy continues to work with us and deal with us and bring us on the journey because he loves us. He wants to save us. He wants to use us. He has a plan for our life. But we sometimes prolong it because we're so folk. We don't even realize it. We we're, we're so acutely aware of our needs that we don't realize how selfish, I, I say this word in this context, we are selfishly focused rather than God-focused. And thereby God is limited in what he can do. Not because he, not God isn't limited by his fact that he's God, he's limited by me, what I allow him to do. 
There comes great victory when I take that thing that I think I need and say, God, it's yours. Whatever and however you choose to work in it, it's your business. My focus is you. I lay it at the cross. I submit it to you. I cast that care on you. My focus is you. And sometimes I've had to do that multiple times in a day or multiple times in a week. Because I keep being aware of that thing, whatever that is. I got to just keep, God, that's yours. I'm pursuing you. That's yours. I'm pers- you know, you know what I need. You know what I think I need, Lord. I trust you more than I trust myself, so I'm giving it to you. And the Lord will minister. Amen? Praise God. I'm going to dismiss teachers to their classroom. While they're doing that, let me say, uh, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday. So two weeks from today, the 13th, two weeks from today, we will have a combined service with Union Gap in Union Gap, not here. So if you show up here and you're like, whoa, nobody's here. What's going on? We're in Union Gap. Okay. Either that or the trumpet sounded and none of us are anywhere here. And praise God, that's okay. Um, I promise you that will be better than Union Gap. And so, um, you, know, you know that could happen, right? We're that close. Could happen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But two weeks from today, should the Lord choose to tarry, we will have a combined service. This is really important for all of you at nine o'clock <laughs> in Union Gap. So if you're like, oh, usually it's at 11, yep, but it's at 9. So you're getting an extra hour next weekend, so you got time to adjust anyway, right? Because your clocks are going backwards next weekend. But two weeks, it'll be at 9 a.m. in Union Gap. Amen? Praise God. I'll dismiss children before I forget to their classes. Those good-looking kids. Praise God. Excited. Amen. Husbands, you can scoot, scoot closer to your wives now. Those type of things. Wives, you can scoot closer to your husbands now. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Would you pray with me again for what the Lord's about to do through His Word? Open your heart and spirit to receive of his word. Lord, we thank you today for your presence that's in this room. I thank you for the ministry of your spirit to every life that would hear. I have full faith and confidence in the working of your word and spirit in a vessel. You are God. We are not. We submit ourselves to you. We worship you. I trust in the sovereign working of your word to reach into a life as only you can. Your word that discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I pray, living God, reach into the heart of every man and every woman that would allow you to do so today. 
God, by your grace, I open my heart and my spirit to you. I ask you and I give you full and complete permission to reach into my heart and my life to explore every area of it by your word and by your spirit this morning. I pray have your way among us in the delivery of your word. We receive it of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said amen. Praise God. I've asked Brother Luis Rodriguez to come today and to minister the word of the Lord. I believe God's going to use him. I love and appreciate he and his precious wife and their heart for the kingdom of God in these valleys. I thank God that we're, he saw fit to place us together. I love and admire and respect them very, very much. They are an example to me in my life. I've told my wife along the journey, I said, we should keep in mind that one day we'll stand before the Lord beside Lewis and Julian Rodriguez. What an honor and a privilege that will be. And I thank God for their life. Brother Lewis, would you come? Would you minister the word of the Lord today? Thank you, Elder. Amen. I uh, that brought a stirred a lot of things inside of me, you know, of what where God has me in my in the season I'm in. I've uh, in your walk with God. There's going to be a lot of seasons, and uh, I don't think that I've come to the end of you know, everything until he comes. So I know there's still going to be more seasons that I'm going to go through. But uh, I, uh, as me and my wife, you know, have been uh, in this time of season, we've been going to Mattawa. The Lord's been changing a lot of things inside of us. It's led me to a deeper place with God of wanting to to know him more to go deeper in him and i believe the only way we can achieve that is through denying the flesh finding places of fasting of prayer and in your prayer life of drawing closer no matter at what time the lord will call you to get up and pray you know, sometimes it's not convenient. <laughs> you know, midnight and God's calling you. Something's coming up. <laughs> and you feel this urge and this pulling to step away and just spend time with him. And, you know, in my last fast that I, I went through, I, man, uh, I just felt something's breaking inside of me. And I, uh, I told the Lord, I said, I didn't, I didn't want to stop. I wanted to continue. You know, but it was just, it was 
it was a time that I, I, I couldn't continue. And the Lord knows. I, uh, as Elder was speaking up here, you know, in the first service, and, you know, right now when he opened, I, uh, it brought me back to uh, my time of, of our need, you know. We were uh, in a pretty tough spot, me and my wife, and, uh, you know, she needed a job. And uh, they had denied her, you know, at college. And, uh, but she, she found another place, you know, that accepted her. And she told me, you know, I pulled over and I just told the Lord, I, I just told the Lord, I says, I give up. I'm just going to put it in your hands, Lord. You lead me of where I can find somewhere that I could work. And, uh, you know, to, to find a job, you know, for our finances. And uh, as things were be getting uh, pretty low. And uh, she opens up the newspaper and poof, right there. She found uh, my boss that I work for right now. You know, and uh, it was uh, such a blessing of the Lord. God's favor in that. And God be began to just bless us there. And I was, I was working at another job, you know, but it wasn't enough. And she told me, hey, you should come and work for him. So I show up. And he looks at me. And he says, wow. He says, you're fit. He says, you're hired. I said, sure. <laughs> I'll take it then. <laughs> you know, I was a little more slimmer back then, you know, than I am now. But uh, anyway, he put me straight to work, you know, and uh, I uh, I went to work for him. And I was, you know, I was doing all these things for him. You know, I, I do nursing, so I, I go and take care of him, you know, take his blood pressure when I get there. I do all those things. But... He had different plans for me. It was like that Miyagi thing, you know. He was like, hey, can you uh, dig a ditch for me? Can you move this rock for me over here? You know, can you paint the house? And, man, I just, I was kind of there, and I was just, I was like, Lord, is this really where I where I want to be, you know, because things were getting tough, you know, man, I was going home tired, man, that, that, those piles of rock and stuff and digging, you know, I, I made a, we made a, what do you call it, a, it was a, a, a paved uh, walkway for him, so he had uh, cement brought in, and he said, yeah, just dig it there, and I remember, and I was digging and digging and digging, and man, that, that it was, it was just not a one-day thing, you know. I got there the next day and the next day, and every week it was like he had something for me, different every single time. And I was like, oh, man, I begin to get frustrated, you know. And I was like, in my prayer life, I was like, Lord, are you sure you have me there for this purpose? 
you know, and yep, that's why I got you there, you know. And I began to yield to that. And I realized that God was taking some things out of me and dealing with me in some areas in my life that I hadn't given myself to the Lord yet. And there were some things that he had to take care of because he had some plans for me. And I never knew he was going to send me to Mattawa, you know. I never knew that I would be making those trips over there. But he was preparing my heart. He had to deal with some things and issues that were in it before he could take me to that place. I, uh, on Monday, you know, when I was there, I, you know, I, uh, I let them know that the Lord, you know, he takes us to places for a purpose. And we can't see his purpose until he gets us there. And when he reveals it, it's like he prepared it all this time. He brought out some things out of you. And then he puts some things in you. And then he prepares you because you of yourself, you can't do it. It has to be a yielding to God where we yield ourselves to him, where he can flow through us. And that love, that love will take you to where it needs to take you to do his will. Anybody here want to do his will? I want to do his will. I don't want just his blessings upon my life. But I pray, Lord, let your will be done. Even if you got to take some blessings out of my life that you've given me. Let's go to. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. And it says, the word, uh, verse 1, and it says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord.
I pray your word, Father, Lord God, would have its way in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God, of what you need to do, Lord God, in us and through us for your purpose, Lord God, in these days, in these last days and hours, Lord God, Father, that you have ordained, Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, blessed be your name. Father, we worship you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, in this uh, chapter right before uh, Jeremiah in verse 17, I'm going to read another verse here. And he's talking about some blessings here. And he says in verse 7 in uh Chapter 17, he says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And then he goes to say. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, searcheth the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Eggs and hatcheth them not. So he, oh, as the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not. So he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days. And at his end shall be a full, a glorious high throne. From the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved for thou art my praise behold they say unto me where is the word of the lord let it come now amen these these priests and the people that were leading the people of israel they started looking on other things and they forgot about the blessings of god and what god was doing in their lives of his purpose his will of where he was taking and leading them. And I believe something, it wasn't just like, you know, overnight that this happened, but it was throughout a process of their walk with God that they got careless. I want to read another verse here in, uh, Second Thessalonians. Let me see if I'm in the right place. I'm trusting that you're hearing with your spirit. Amen. Uh, second. Oh, first Thessalonians. Sorry about that. Chapter five. And I'm going to go down to verse six. 
And, uh, well, why don't I just read all the way down? And uh, this began to deal with me so much, you know, as I was, I was reading this over and over. And it says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say, when they shall say peace and sad safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye brethren are not in the darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. There is a process that God is taking us through. Amen. Just as in Jeremiah, as he was saying, he shaping us like clay. A potter shaping us, a vessel making us of what he needs us of for his purpose of what he needs us to do in this life. And. I uh, I want to be part of that purpose of where God's taking me. When I was uh, a young man, I uh, you don't know much about my uh, past there, but my my uh, father shot my mom when I was very young, and she was always in a in a wheelchair. And uh, she would uh, try her best to feed us always, you know, and do all the chores and take care of us. And uh, it was a pretty uh, tough life, you know, being with my father. And he was always, you know, he always wanted us to be men. You know, he had that uh, uh, just the way he was raised and the things he brought from his father. He always tried to instill that in us, you know. Uh, he was always angry. He was always, uh, I never knew my father to be happy or, or uh, you know, to uh, have love for us, you know, care us and hug us. And I always yearned for those things, you know, as a as a young man. But. I, uh, as the years went by and I seen all those things unfold, you know, all the abuse and all those things, I, I never really knew who God was. I never really um, could imagine what God had for me. But through all that, God was taking me somewhere. I remember times and in instances where he was preserving me. He was causing me to go in different directions sometimes that, that, you know, I didn't understand why he was taking me through those, through those things, you know. And I, and I remember young, when I was young, I got into gangs and I, you know, I got into drugs, all those things. I started looking unto those things to satisfy something inside of my heart. 
And I remember being so lost, you know, and and uh, I finally met my wife, you know, the better half of me. And she uh, she helped me to understand some things, you know, but it seemed like it got even worse, you know, as in in our time together, you know. And we got into drugs heavily, me and her. You know, and but I remember the Lord being with us and leading and guiding us. And I, I remember I, I made a we made a we made a decision in our lives to move from that place. And we said, Oh well, we'll just move, you know. Maybe our problems will disappear. But that doesn't make your problems disappear, you know. I thought maybe, oh, if we just move away from all those things and from those old friends, things will just change. And it, they didn't change. I continued the same way until one day, you know, this little lady was selling me tamales or uh, enchiladas. And she said, oh, well... Will you buy some enchiladas? We got Bible studies. And uh, God began to do a miraculous work in my wife. And no matter how much we fought and no matter uh, what came our way, somehow we got to that place, you know, to, to hear the word of the Lord. We got to the sanctuary of God to hear the word of God. And... Uh, things began changing, and uh, that's when I became, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, I would have it out with God sometimes, you know, I'd ask him, why, why do you have me here, Lord, and God would show himself strong every time in my life, you know, of where, of who, of who he was, and that he was there with me, and uh, so, I began to just want to teach Bible studies and do those things, but I realized some things through my walk is that that God illuminated some things that had to be dealt with in here first. And I remember that day when I went into the bathroom and uh, my daughter would come knock at the door and she'd be like, you know, don't do those things no more. My oldest daughter, you know, she she knew she was young, but she knew that the things that I was trying to hide. And I remember going in that bathroom and telling the Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to have to take this from me because I can't. I'm bound to it. Every time I would throw my drugs away and all that stuff, I'd go back to them. And in that restroom, when I went in there. It was like the deliverance of God at that moment. I felt it just lift away. And God took it from me in one moment. He took it all away. And, I, and as he delivered me right there, it was like, I, like sometimes I didn't learn. I still wanted to go back to it. But inside of me, I knew 
God delivered me of this. If I go back to it, it'll be by my own choice. And I had to make a decision at that moment whether I was going to allow God to have his way in me or I was going to go back to that sin. So I said, I'm not going back. And I ran from those things. And then you know what happened? It's like the guy that used to deal with me, he's like, yeah, hey, I just wanted to drop you off this stuff, you know. And uh, you could have it for free, you know. And I'm like, I had to pay for it before and now you're giving it to me for free? That doesn't make sense. But this is the way the enemy of our soul works. And I, I realized there had to be a preparation inside of my, my mind. Uh, there were some things that I, had a, that, I had a, that I had to choose for myself. And bind them upon my heart so that they could break forth unto the Lord and say, you know what? I'm not going back to that. I don't want any part of that no more. And, you know, some people told me, oh, well, I just, you know, God delivered me from those things. But, you know, I could just go back into a bar and, you know, tell them about God. You know, but I knew inside of me. I'm not going to tempt the Lord that way. I wasn't going to go and put myself back in that situation. I wasn't going to go back to that. So every, every chance I got when those things presented themselves, whenever the enemy presented those things to me, I fled from them. I fled from any kind of evil that was before me. I just said, you know what? I'm going to get away from that stuff. I don't need it in my life. There's greater things that God has for me, that his word has for me. Because he began to do those miracles in my life, those deliverances. And I never forgot those moments of where God was taking and leading me. I'm going to read verse 7 in uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. I'm going to read down to 9. We're going to read a little more here about the potter. And it says, at what instance, at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. See that? The Lord doesn't want to destroy us. He's not coming back like a thief in the night to destroy us. Wrath. We, we, he didn't call us to obtain salvation just so he could destroy us. He called us to save us. And a lot of that times is from ourselves, from our own heart, the things we put in it that allow us to get off his path and his ways. Other things that we've allowed inside of our heart. He said, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Wow. And he says in verse 12, if we could skip down there, 
It says, and they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices. And we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Even after all the things that the Lord was doing in their lives and all the things that God desired for them. The goodness of what God has for them. They still turn to their own imaginations of, of his evil heart. See, I think a lot of the times, and I know that that's the biggest thing that keeps us from God, is our own understanding, our own intellect, the way we think it should be. Our own, how do you say, our own wisdom our own thinking, our own thoughts, the things that we've learned, earthly wisdom. And it gets in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. It gets in the way of where God is leading and guiding you and the people that he's going to save through you, the people that he's going to reach through you, the purpose that he has for you. Verse 15, he says, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient past to walk in past in a way not cast up. Verse 18, then said they come and let us devise devices against Jer uh, Jeremiah for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet come and let us smite him with the tongue and let us not give heed to any of his words. So now what do they do? They go against the man of God for preaching the word of God, that truth. See, that truth, it does great things in us. His word, it starts to stir up stuff inside where you can't get away from it. All you do is consistently think on God's word, his wisdom, the right thing to do in his sight. So they get angry and they're like, we'll just take it out on the man of God. Let's go to chapter 19. Thus saith the Lord, go and get a potter's earthen bottle and take it of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priests and go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. Verse 6, we're going to jump down there for the sake of time. It says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Topet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, 
but the valley of slaughter. And I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place. And I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives. And their carcasses will I give to be meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth. And I will make this city desolate and a hissing. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and hiss because of all the plagues thereof. Verse 10. Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee and shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city as one breaketh the potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Topit till there be no place to bury them. See, God comes to us, but there also has to be an acknowledgement. Okay? There has to be a place where you're going to step into with God. You're going to have to make a choice where you're going to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to consecrate myself to you. I'm going to commit myself to you. Right? Or how do you say it? Mature? I'm going to mature from where I was. You know, like a child when they start eating. (laughs) You know, you go from baby food and then you go to the good stuff, you know, like... (laughs) Cookies and all that stuff. Mm. (laughs) You know, but there has to be a progression where you hear the word of the Lord and something's changing inside of you that your heart, when you hear his word, your thoughts are are starting to bind God's word upon your heart and you become perceptive to it. And you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to follow as your word says the things that you're dealing with me. I'm going to go forward I'm going to, you know, make those choices and those steps of what you need me to do. Amen. We got to follow his truth. See, the Lord will deal with us. But if you're not listening and you're not willing to go forward, he's going to let you go your own way. That's what he said to them. He said, okay, you don't want to listen? Have at it. Go your own way. And what happened? Destruction came to them. We are in a time and an hour where he's coming. We just read that in Thessalonians. I don't need to remind you of that. I don't need to remind you that the day of the Lord is so coming like a thief in the night. And he begins talking to them about. Let me go back there to that. First Thessalonians chapter five. It's like the easiest one I could find because that page is ripped on the next one. (laughs) and he says ye are the children of light and the children of of the day 
We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. In your walk with God, you got you to gotta take care of it. You got to be vigilant. You got to watch. You can't let your guard down. You got to consistently approach God. You got to have victory in Him. And the only way you're going to do that is by approaching Him. That uh, I looked up that word. Uh, in the uh, concordance. And uh, in verse 6, and it says, therefore, let us not sleep. And that word sleep there is, this is the way it's interpreted. It says, to fall asleep, drop off to sleep. To sleep normally, to be dead. But listen to this, it says, to yield to sloth and sin, to be different to one's, to be indifferent to one's salvation. In the Amplified, it says it like this. I want to read it in the Amplified. So, then let us not sleep in spiritual indifference as the rest of the world does. But let us keep wide awake, alert, and cautious. And let us be sober, self-controlled, calm, and wise. See that? We got to be sober with our walk with God. Not slothful. I'm not just going to come to the Lord any, any which way. But I'm going to yield myself that God can work inside my heart. You know, throughout my, all the, the years that I've been serving God, I, uh, I thank the Lord that there hasn't been a moment where, where uh, he didn't call me to the altar. There hasn't been a moment where he sent trials in my life that I had to fight through. And things that, uh, that I had to deal with to get to the altar. But I'm thankful for those things now. I didn't see them back then, but I'm thankful for them now. Because if I look at all that stuff that God was doing in my life. All the hurts and the pains. And all the things I led myself into. Because, you know, sometimes we want to blame God for all the things we've done. All the hurt and pain we've caused. All the things that we've delved into. But I want to be ready. When God calls me. And that's what he's doing right now. He's preparing us. That's why we gather together. For his preparation of where he's taking and leading you his plans that he has for you that you yet, yet not know of
He says in uh, verse 12 of 2 Thessalonians 5, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to appreciate those who diligently work and recognize among you. And he's talking there about, you know, the ones who are laboring in the word for you. We earnestly urge you, believers, admonish those who are out of line and undisciplined, the unruly, the disorderly, encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage, help the spiritually weak, be very patient with everyone, always controlling your temper. When I read this, I read about the Lord and the command, the commandments that he's giving us through Paul here, admonishing us. This is what I what I want you to do. Admonish those who are out of line and the undisciplined, the unruly. Why? To prepare them just as I have prepared you. And he says in verse 16, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer in every situation, no matter what the circumstances. Be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Delight in your faith. Delight in it when you come into his presence. In every situation, no matter what the circumstance be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, I want to come to God. Thankful for what he's doing in my walk with him. I want to be ready in season and out of season. But I think the greatest challenge, maybe we could put that up there, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul said it this way. Let me see if Jerry's got it. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Paul was saying, I'm not looking back anymore at my old life, the old things that I fell into, but I'm looking forward now unto the Lord, his hope of where he's taking me, of the purpose that he has for my life the purpose that he has for you of where he's taking you because he's coming back and this message was to the church in Thessalonians when we read that he's coming back like a thief in the night it was to his church to us that we may know that he's coming back for us but there's some things that you got to put off some things that maybe you thought that that was how God wanted things to be But God says, I want you to go forward. I want you to reach for the things that are set before you. 
the things he's placing before you. Forget about those things in your past. They're done and gone. You got to go forward. I, uh, man, God's been dealing with me a lot about, you know, all these, all the little children. I, uh, I'm so thankful for uh, Brother uh, Joey Charles and Stephanie Charles. You know, they teach the children. Sister uh, Sally, she goes and teaches the children in Mattawa. And it's like, you know, investing in those children. Investing to all those that God is taking out of this world and, and setting them apart for his purpose. And all these little children, and I, I look at uh, a Joey like a, like a David, you know, out there, you know, in the wilderness, you know, uh, tending those little sheep, yep, <laughs> pouring into them, you know, and, and, and just, uh, you know, praying for them and, and pouring themselves into these little children, and it, it's just awesome. It's awesome. And I want to do that. You know, I, I'm going to echo something here about, you know, uh, the preaching we heard from Brother uh, Laksamana in the Kent service. And he talked about, you know, his child. He invests in him a lot, you know, about putting him in uh, uh, sports and things like that, you know, teaching him how to throw football. And, you know, I'm sure uh, many of you have done that with your kids or many of you have done that with your fathers. And, uh, you know, we love those, those things and we want to invest in them, he said. But he said, he was saying that there's only a 3% chance that his son will ever make it to the NFL or the Major League Baseball. There's only like 3% chance that your kid will, yeah, or less than that, right? And that he'll ever make it to that. But there's a 99.9% chance that he's going to stand before God in the day of judgment. 100%. I'm, I'm thinking of that, that stuff that you, the sanitizer. <laughs> he's going to stand before the Lord. Our children one day will stand before the Lord and they're going to give account. And I hope that you're hearing right now in your spirit the urgency of the Lord right now. He's coming back for his church. And we need to pour ourselves more than ever before. We need to pour ourselves more than ever before. Because he's coming. Can we all stand? Let us pray right now. Father, I worship you. Hallelujah. I worship you, Father, Lord God. Hallelujah. I pray that you would have your way in us, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father.
one day will stand before you and give account. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I can hear the Lord saying, Thou good and faithful servant, hallelujah. Thou good and faithful servant, hallelujah. Come on, it's time. He said, It's time. Don't sleep, but watch and wait. You got to watch and wait, hallelujah, more than ever before, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, 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 I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I want to do something here. Um, this morning, I, I am so thankful for the word of the Lord that has been speaking to our hearts here today. And when, when Brother Lewis was ministering and he was speaking of deliverance, I felt such a clear throughout, as the Lord was speaking throughout, I felt the Spirit of the Lord reaching into specific situations as only God is able to do it. I marvel at, I shouldn't, but I marvel at the goodness of God. The Lord knows our frame. You believe that? He knows our frame. And the adversary makes us think God knows our frame and therefore he's ready to judge us and smack us upside the head. It's not how it works. God knows our frame and therefore in his mercy and his love... He reaches to us desiring to do a work in our life whereby judgment does not come on us. The adversary wants us to think that God knows and therefore he's going to judge. When really God knows and he's wanting to do a work in our life so that he doesn't have to judge. That's the love of God. And so the adversary uses his approach because he wants us to walk in condemnation. But the love of God reaches to deliver us so that we can walk in victory. You see the difference? We need to recognize these things. And so as Brother Lewis was ministering and sharing men turning to their own devices, and he shared his own personal testimony of the devices he would turn to, and then God would take him out, but he would find himself going back to those things. And, and, and But Thank God, God did a work and brought deliverance. And he recognized God did a deliverance in my life. And then I made a decision. I know God's delivered me. I'm not going back. You caught that. I know. I'm not trying to repeat everything he said. But there's such a witness of the Holy Ghost. And I'm simply seeking to be obedient this morning before we go today. I'm asking Brother Lewis and Sister Julie to come here. I'm asking Brother Joel Garcia to come here. Amen. Praise God. And I'm asking Sister Sally Sanchez to come here. I'm not putting these, well, I'm sort of putting these people on the spot. But I think they trust me. And I trust the working of the Holy Ghost this morning. 
Remember what we said at the beginning about not what we feel? I'm not operating in what I feel right now. I'm operating in what I've heard. All right? Now, we're going to pray again right where we are, okay? But here's what I'm asking you. It's going to take some faith. And don't worry, there's no, we don't have confessional chambers. We're not talking about standing and confessing stuff to somebody. All right? It's between you and God. But I felt such a clear witness of the Holy Ghost when he began to speak about deliverance and God delivering him. I felt the Holy Ghost say to me, if somebody wants deliverance, I'll deliver them today. And so we're going to pray again. And if you desire deliverance in your life, whatever it is, I'm not telling you you're bound by drugs like he talked about that he was. But maybe it is a battle. Maybe it's something besides drugs. And you can fill in the blank for you. You know what it is if it fits for your life. Amen. There are some that are bound by spirits of perversion. You know, pornography is a spirit that binds people. You need deliverance from that, just like you need deliverance from drugs or alcoholism. or God's a deliverer. God is a deliverer. Those are unclean spirits. Jesus' ministry, oftentimes, he would come against unclean spirits to deliver men from those things and women from those things. We always put those in some strange context. No, it's spirits that are working our world today. God delivered Mary Magdalene. We know that she had seven unclean spirits. The Bible doesn't tell us what they were. But we deal with them too. The deliverer is here. Would you begin to pray with me right now? Come on, would you talk to him? And I realize this is, I know this is different than what we would often do. But we must be obedient to the Holy Ghost. It may... You know, you can be bound by greed. The Lord can deliver you from greed. But here's what I'm asking you. If you are acknowledging, you know what? I know this isn't going to fit everybody today. Come on, just keep talking to the Lord. You can listen and while you're talking to him. But if you know there's a battle I've faced and I just can't get past it. There's, it's got me in bondage. I need deliverance. Specifically, you know, I need deliverance. I know this is more than just... I need the Lord to touch me. You know, I need deliverance in my life. I am opening this altar to you. And these men of God and ladies of God whom I know God has delivered from alcoholism, who he has delivered them from different spiritual bondages. He has delivered them from drug addiction. He's delivered them from things that once held them captive. They are going to pray for you as you come. And the Holy Ghost is going to do a work. In the name of Jesus, come on, continue to talk to him. And if you need deliverance, come, and they're going to pray with you.